0: We're going to be talking about giving God's gifts, and in today's context, giving God's community. To that end, I want to give you a a couple of readings, share a couple of readings with you. Firstly, I want to read from, from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25, and i read from verse 31 to 40. And it reads like this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. I was ill and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison or go to visit you? The king will reply, I Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then I want to read from Paul's letter to the Colossians to chapter 3, and I'm reading from verse 12 to 17. This one of my favorite passages in Scripture here. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone else. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Just do there. And I thank God for these words from Scripture. We're we getting to, uh, towards the end of our little series of giving God's gifts. And I want to talk about giving God's community this morning. And uh, I hope those readings were appropriate. So let's talk about it. God's community. You know, we're living in a day and age that increasingly teaches us to go it alone. And I think it's fair to say that. More and more business is being done on the internet and online. Schools are increasingly teaching via emails and online. Universities communicate by email. Assignments are emailed and replied to the same way. Have you ever tried to speak to your bank manager? Do you have one? Does he exist? More and more, we are becoming members, or numbers in a system, rather, where the human element is increasingly shrinking. And interpersonal communication and integration and and so on is diminishing. But the harsh reality in Christian terms, the... Is no such thing as a solitary Christian. I hope you know that. There's no such thing as solitary Christians. The reality of today's age is that God's people, we long to be long. Nothing's changed. We are God's people and we long to belong. We long for personal contact. We long to be recognised. We long to be affirmed, to be cared for, to be supported, loved, to be seen. You know, that I, I sometimes stop and say to myself, do we see one another? We might interact with one another, but do we really see people? Do you see hurt in someone's eyes, someone's face? Do you see joy in people's faces and so on? We just live in a society that we seem to pass one another like ships in the night. And I want to suggest that everybody, everybody needs to belong. It's the way God has made us. That's the way we're wired up. We're wired up for community. God made us for that, made us to be sociable beings, made us for relationships, for friendships for acceptance of one another, in spite of our differences. And above all, God made us to be in community with himself. And if God needs to be in community, why on earth would we want to be alone? It just doesn't make sense. And so in a sense, God's gift to us is sitting next to you. We are community. This is part of God's great dream for his people, that we be in community with each other. Why on earth would we want to be alone? In John 10, Jesus paints the very beautiful picture of the shepherd and the sheep, a picture of security and protection and support and fellowship and love that is found in the flock or in this context in community. And so the church, the flock, is us, whether we like it or not. The church is functioning at its optimum when we come together and we understand that this was, is a place where we are fed, a place where we are taught, a place where we are loved, a place where we are affirmed, a place where we are accepted. Because that's God's dream, community. It's a place where we can grow, a place where we can find fellowship, a place of caring, a place of love, a place of protection. That's community. That's the dream that God has for you and for me. Why on earth would we want to live apart from this kind of community? You know, this bulletin that we put up on the screen here week after week after week, that just details endlessly, in fact we had to try and shorten it, but it just details endlessly the opportunities for community that this church offers you and me to be together, however we define that. I looked around that that pudding and, and soup thing yesterday, and I said to myself, Hey, I wish I could have taken a video of that, shown it on the screen and this morning and said, that's community. That's community. This is community together. There's no such thing as a solitary Christian. This is community. We need to belong. Our, our church bulletin, we cut it short this morning, but it goes on and on and on, dealing with community the things that we as a community make available to one another in all sorts of ways so that we're not alone that we're not alone we need to belong that's critical for us in this day and age and so how are you doing how are you doing when it comes to community I want to believe that belonging to a church firstly inspires us. In 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Paul describes the church as a collection of people, all different, coming together, bringing their individuality and their gifting into the community for the benefit of the whole. And so you see, I want you to turn to the person next to you right now and say, You special. Turn to the person next to you and say, when God made you, he threw the mold away. Turn to the person next to you and say, God made you unique. You see, you are special. You are special. When God made you, he threw the mold away. We bring our own individuality into the body of Christ, the church, that only we can bring. If you didn't come to church today, we'd be the poorer for it. Because we're community. And we're together in our faith and in our sharing and in our lives and our lifestyles. There's something inspiring about the realization that we are special. And I think that our communities generally these days teach people that they're not special. And we need to be affirmed and embraced as the children of God. And what better place to do it than in a place like this that we call church or we call home, rather, in our spiritual context. In God's eyes, it's crucial for us to discover the kind of gifts that he's given us collectively so that we can make a difference in our world. 1 Corinthians 12 uses the analogy of the, of the human body and how the body cannot function properly unless every part of the body works as it should work and does what it's designed to do. And that's exactly right in the church. Ralph can't do everything. I can't do everything, you can't do everything, but you can do something. But we can do something. And collectively when we do something, something happens. So here's the thought. If we're going to give God's gifts to those around us, the only thing we have to give or the only thing we have to bring is ourselves and our own gifting. I can't give your gift to someone else. Can I? only you can make a difference in someone's life when you use the gift that God has given you. And we do this collectively as the body of Christ. Every single one of us has a gift of some sort. And if you don't know what yours is, well, then talk to Ralph. Talk to me, Will. We've got a course that we can offer you on spiritual gifting. Just look around you, this congregation. We've got Sunday school teachers. We've got musicians, we've got prayer warriors, we've got carers, we've got door stewards, we've got sound systems, we've got caterers, we've got communion stewards. It goes on and on and on. You know why? The church is the body. We are God's community. You and I are the hands and the shoulders and the knees and the toes of the risen Christ. Remember this little prayer or this a poem that we memorized as kids or maybe you did Christ has no hands but our hands to do his work today Christ has no feet but our feet to lead others in his way we are the the only Bible the careless world will read we are the sinner's gospel we are the scoffer's creed we are the church we are the body and I don't know If there are many people on this planet who don't at one time or another dream and wonder what it must be like to belong. And so secondly, I want to say that belonging to a church unites us. Everything we do within the context of this place speaks about belonging, about being in community. And if you're not here, then the community is the poorer for it. Think about this. If God himself wants to be in community himself, how much more does he desire that we be in community? And if you think about it, God lives in community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is three. He's in community with himself, in a sense. What about us? You know, the Latin phrase of our nation's uh, coat of arms reads ex unitate Vires." Or unity is strength, and let's now have a debate about that. But however much we may question our founding fathers, I think they got it right. Unity is strength. Community is strengthened by our presence in community. And we are weakened if you're not there, and I'm not there. How are we doing? How are we doing as a church? How rooted in community are we? I mean, we gave you a shortened version of our bulletin this morning, because if we gave you the whole bulletin, we'd be here all morning. And by rooted, I mean, how involved are we? Are we using the God, the gifts God has given us, to His glory here within our context? Are we part of the real life of the Amceni Methodist Church? Are we part of the groups that we have around here, the support groups, the prayer groups, the men's groups, the food groups, where mommy marches on its stomach? Do we play our part? All the activities that we enjoy here at MCNI are designed to help us understand that we have a spiritual home that exists to bless us, to support us, to help us, and to grow us, and to love us in community. All in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus wants us to enjoy or to experience the joy of belonging to a caring community, a community that is rooted in love. Jesus wants us to know that even if the world or our own family has hurt or rejected us here, we are loved and accepted. Barbara Strassan got it right. People who need people are the luckiest people in the world. Now I know I'm going on a bit. Sorry. No, I'm not sorry, actually, but be that as it may. I'm gonna read you a little story. I tend to get a bit emotional with it, but then that's the way it is. It's a story about a a little boy called Bobsey. Have you ever come across a book called Chicken Soup for the Soul? Beautiful book. This is one of the stories out of chicken soup. The twenty six year old mother stared down at her son who was dying of terminal leukemia. Although her heart was filled with sadness, she also had a strong feeling of determination. Like any parent, she wanted her son to grow up and fulfill all his dreams. Now that was no longer possible. The leukemia would see to that, but she still wanted her son's dreams to come true. She took her son's hand and asked, Bobsy, did you ever think about what you wanted to be when you grew up? Did you ever dream and wish about what you would do with your life? Mommy, I always wanted to be a fireman when I grew up. Mom smiled back and said, let's see if we can make that happen. Later that day, she went to a local fire department. This happened in Phoenix in Arizona in the States, uh, where she met fireman Bob, who had a heart as big as Phoenix. She explained her son's final wish and asked if it might be possible to give her six-year-old son a ride around the block on a fire engine. Fireman Bob said, look, we can do better than that. If you'll have your son ready at 7 tomorrow on Wednesday morning, We'll make him an honorary fireman for the whole day. He can come down to the fire station, eat with us, go out on all the fire calls, the whole nine yards. And if you'll give us his sizes, we'll get a real fire uniform made for him with a real fire hat, not a toy one. With the emblem of the fire department on it, a yellow slicker like we wear, rubber boots. They're all manufactured here so we can get them fast. Three days later, fireman Bob picked up Bobsey dressed him in his fire uniform, escorted him from his hospital bed to the waiting hook and ladder truck. Bobsey got to sit up on the back of the truck, helped steer it back to the fire station. He was in heaven. There were three fire calls in Phoenix that day. Bobsey got out on all three calls. He rode in the different fire engines, the paramedics' van and even the fire chief's car. He was videotaped for the local news program having the dream come true with all the loved attention that was lavished upon him, so deeply touched Bobsey that he lived three months longer than any doctor thought possible. One night, all of his vital signs began to drop dramatically, and the head nurse, who believed in the hospice concept that no one should die alone, began to call the family members. Then she remembered the day Bobsy had spent as a fireman, and she called the fire chief and asked if it would be possible to send a fireman in uniform to the hospital to be with Bopsy, as he made his transition. The chief replied, we'll do better than that. We'll be there in five minutes. Will you please do me a favor when you hear the sirens screaming and see the lights? Will you announce over the PA system that this is not a fire? It's just the fire department coming to see one of its finest members one more time. And will you open the window to his room? About five minutes later, the hook and ladder truck arrived at the hospital, extended its ladder up to Bobsy's third floor, open window. Fourteen firemen, two firewomen, climbed up the ladder into Bobsey's room. With his mother's permission, they hugged him, held him, told him how much they loved him, and with his dying breath, Bobsy looked up at the fire chief and said, Chief, am I really a fireman now? And with these words... He smiled and closed his eyes for the last time. Now that's what I'm talking about. Someone made a statement the other day that affluence has led us to isolationism. Uh, Robert Putnam, in a book entitled Bowling Alone, said that over the last 25 years, civic club membership is down by 58%. That's Rotary, Lions, places like that. I really think it's very important that we understand who we are. Bible says it's not good for people to be alone. That's what we're about. We are created for community. John Wesley said, If your heart is as my heart is, then give me your hand. Paul said, In Christ Jesus, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for all of you are one in Christ. And that's Galatians 3.28. What makes unity possible? The grace of Jesus Christ. That's simple. Where grace abounds, it's no longer about me. When grace abounds, nobody has to be perfect Position is eliminated. Where grace abounds, differences are accepted. Where grace abounds, God is glorified. And unity is possible. And that's what we've been trying to do with this whole series. Just give God's gifts in all sorts of ways. Because you see, belonging helps us help others. Communism says, what's yours is mine, I'll take it. The Greek word, kinonia, Means fellowship or sharing or community. What's mine is God's. Let's share it. Sharing is not a matter of legislation. It's about love and liberty. That's what we're about. That's what we're about. How good it is to belong to a community that reaches out in a spirit of sharing and caring and fellowship. Did you see the bulletin as we showed it this morning? The things that are going on in this church. Everyone needs to belong. Every one of us needs to use the gifts that God has given us. And if this be true, then Emseni truly is a place of grace. And we can celebrate that. Let's pray a moment. And so, Father, thank you that we are who we are, unique in our own being, but made for community. And so we sit together in community this morning, O God, and we thank you for the people who are sitting around us, for the community to which we belong. And we pray that that our ministry and our lives as we lead them and live them will be to your glory, that we may be shining lights to the community around us and that you would use us to make a difference in our part of the vineyard. Bless us now, O God, as we prepare to go our separate ways. And may your peace and your grace go with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.